0: I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations
1: about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies
0: you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the dirt on flowers. Give yourself a big hug, a pat on the back because you not only did you make it till Friday, but you made it to September. (laughs) It's the pinnacle. I know. <laughs> September's the best though. I'm I'm all about – I mean, it's busy, but September is wonderful. My kids are back in school now, which is good. I was just telling Lindsay that <laughs> that my kids had one day of school and I already had somebody throw up <laughs> this weekend. So it's like there are – like nobody was sick all summer and all of a sudden they bring the cooties home and now everyone's – now you, no. when you get the bug going through the house, it, it gets everybody. Oh, but. that – That would be my worst nightmare. That would be my worst nightmare. (laughs) It really
1: is. It is. I remember texting you last year, and you were like. (laughs) I remember yeah, you were the like the last man down. Yeah, yeah, the stomach flu. I was like, yes, I, that is my hell. That is my personal <laughs> hell.
0: Well, okay. As a mom, you have to like make it through everybody throwing up, and you're like holding yourself together, and then eventually, clearly, your husband gets sick before you. Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> has to happen. The fourth one goes down, and then you're like, I'm holding it together. As soon as everyone's good, <laughs> you're out.
1: <laughs> <I'll take it. laughs>
0: oh, I can't well, remember when that was. It was definitely this oh winter that you had. Oh, every winter, like, it's at least one time. Oh. It's the it's worst. <laughs> I, I have know. some a bunch of Instagram husbands, de- de- Insta husbands, descending mm-hmm. upon my farm on Friday for a date night you pick. <laughs> and I had a super sweet guy call today and he just wanted to confirm because he's surprising his wife and she just loves flowers and he knows that she's going to be wearing a pink and white dress and just wanted to make sure that I'm going to have pink and white flowers. To go with this freaking dress, <laughs> like, dude, dude, nope. uh. only yellow. Just tell him. It's so did cute. You, but there's... did you reassure him? I did. I did. Nice. Yeah, he was very sweet. But it's like in the next couple of days, Rachel called it. It's like we're gonna start having all the husbands calling and just like making sure that <laughs> that it's still happening and all of that. So we have like. 23 people signed up. So it's awesome. It's so sweet. That is a very easy peasy night. You know, we just give give them a bucket, let them fill it up, and then they get like 10 to 15 minutes with our photographer, Kylie, who did our photos. Yeah. She, she comes how with a second shooter. How does she manage shooter?
1: that? Oh, she comes with a second shooter. Okay, yeah, so How does she manage that? Because we did we did 11 or something and
0: that okay. seemed like about the yes. amount she
1: could manage in that time yeah.
0: frame. We used to do it like one a month and sh- we would keep it, max it out at 12. But now I just made it one time and, yeah. and funneling people that way. Now she just has a second shooter. So it, it works out good. But it's really cute. I love those pictures. But it's so funny because you get to see people and they're like natural – you know, like some guys are like super dressed up; you can tell like they came for the photos. And then yeah. other guys like wearing an Indian's jersey, <laughs> <You know? laughs> like half dead. Like why? Why even here? <laughs> so it's just funny. It's, funny. it's sweet. I always love seeing the photos, and they're very cute. So it's a fun yeah. night.
1: Yeah, that's a good. I know I got that workshop idea from you, and it's we mm-hmm. we did eleven this year, and mm-hmm. we actually added like a little. Um, we teamed up with a uh, charcuterie board.
0: Oh, cute. Girl.
1: Yes. yes, And get a little box, a little like sweet treat. And so they get to eat up in the barn and that actually spaced out how she – like the timing for her. So like Mm -hmm. some of them ate before and they like BYOB and Mm -hmm. they just kind of like hung out at the farm and made a night of it. So yeah, it was fun. We had (laughs) two on the calendar. That was one of the workshops that I just – Fun.
0: Oh, you did? I was like,
1: yeah, I just – that was one in September that I was like, you know what? It was good, but – I don't think I need to do it. So um, it's super easy. But that's where I think I'm moving to. Like I told you, like next year, Mm -hmm. just maybe like taking those same workshops and like condensing them into one versus like spreading out and hitting multiple times. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, that'd be good. The weather's going to be perfect for
0: that. I hope so. Yeah. I can't wait. It's just a really fun night. And um, Judd and I always enjoy doing it. So yeah. That's good. I went to the Stark County Fair also. (laughs) I thought about you. You did. Yeah, I mean, I, me I'll more. go to the fair. What's that? I said, tell me more. <laughs> and um, two things, I actually love. Judd loves seeing all the animals. Me, mm-hmm. like once I seen, have seen one like horses, but <laughs> I've seen them all. They're <laughs> <I'm> just like, <laughs> all right, we're good. We don't need to go through the third sheep barn. I, I, I refuse to go in the chicken barn. The chicken <laughs> barn is like where is oh. hell. I hate yeah. it's like the smell and all the roosters crowing. <laughs> It's like it's like sensory overload. <laughs> I could I not do the chicken barn, but they were talking about the demolition derby. Yep, because they had one, and I'm like, I had to shield my eyes because my first one has to be the one you're in. <laughs> <laughs> did you see in the insiders on the Facebook group? Did no. you see somebody messaged
1: and said <laughs> that they have a name for my derby car, and then they oh, wrote God. something like, That's "So cute." Uh, they wrote the things that take up space in my brain, and I'm like, I <laughs> love this. feel you there. Like I love it. it was like, that's cute. oh gosh, I forget what it was too. Oh, the um man. something composter. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I I'm like I that's yeah I just love it. I'm like I feel like this is now yeah. there's momentum on it. Right? Yeah, like it's guts. gotta happen. I'm glad you showed it your eyes. Well, I sold, I did. I did a little bit of work in our shop this weekend. We're clearing mm-hmm. out some space, and my niece outgrew one of her power wheels. And Aww. so, my dad, I was selling on Facebook Marketplace for my dad, mm-hmm. and I got a message from somebody that wanted, was wheeling and dealing on this <sighs> this car. Okay. So, I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. Well, you haven't even seen it. The thing's nice. Yeah. You can't pay 100. They wanted to pay 75. Well, in the meantime, somebody mm-hmm. else, messaged me and they came and purchased it. The other person mm-hmm. messaged me back to say that they wanted it for the kids demolition derby at the fair on Monday.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm like, we oh, that's a whole new level when cute. you put your kids in the derby. <laughs> we saw one, oh. we saw it at the derby I was telling you about. they The kids were hitting each other and we actually saw a kid fly out of the car. Like he, okay. he got popped and it fl- kid flew out. He just got right back up in and just <laughs> hammered down. I'm like, this... It's <laughs> my kind of, this is my kind of event, oh, but, um, oh, I just, it cracked me up. So anyway, <laughs> but
0: yes. So wow. we got a lot of good comments about our last week's episode, mm-hmm. which was creating your roadmap to hundred K part one, where we're talking mm-hmm. about the revenue side, like the income side, like how to create that roadmap to earn hundred K. And then this is part two Which is the not so sexy (laughs) part, which is the managing your expenses side. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, which would be Creating Your Roadmap to 100K. It's the very last one. You can head back, listen to that, and then come back and we'll talk about, you can live in dreamland in the first one. And then here's where we come to talk about what we're actually profiting at the end of all this. Mm -hmm. And that is all about managing your expenses. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that and then join us back here for part two. Mm, Yes. (laughs) So after that episode, we got a lot of feedback from you guys, which was awesome. And um, one of the one of the things a few people said was, "Hey, but what if I'm only growing on a very small plot of land, and I can't expand to grow more flowers, and I can't hit 100k because I'm limited by my small plot of land?" So we just wanted to talk a little bit about that, like and give you some ideas, essentially. So the first would be obviously like looking at additional revenue streams to maximize. Um, where you can grow. So like a lot of things would be either like – higher. so you need to look at how you're going to get a premium for your flowers essentially. So like maybe selling to a wholesaler wouldn't be for you. That's more for quantity or – Maybe it's getting the highest price. So that could be either selling all of your flowers retail or doing higher price retail um, options such as workshops and utilizing that almost like experience side of things too where people get to come out to your little slice of heaven. And people don't care. And it, in my opinion, in workshops, like it doesn't have to be this huge farm. They're just there for the ambiance and mm-hmm. to be together. So that's a really easy way, I think, you know, to go about that. Yeah. Also doing
1: like farm tours is another way Mm -hmm. to be able Mm -hmm. to like just have somebody on your property or like some off-season income with selling Dow YouTubers. And I would challenge you to even like not – we have a whole thing on limiting limiting beliefs in the Mm -hmm. insiders. We have a video that Shannon and I talked and I actually think you could even do a part three series Mm -hmm. on limiting beliefs that tie all of this whole 100,000 six-figure thing into because it's like sometimes we – get stuck or put ourselves in this box of, um, you know, if you're hitting 50,000 on a eighth of an acre Mm -hmm. or a third of an acre, I would challenge you to say that you could probably, you know, with – you could get creative with that and and Mm – you know, put up to get maybe low tunnels to get earlier spring crops to, you know, extend your season and have stuff earlier or roll into Christmas greens, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, use dried flowers to have a Galentine's Day event. I don't know. I just think like you could not let that – and I'm not saying that's what they're doing, but I'm just saying like I would challenge Mm -hmm. up against that, that the size is what limits you because I know some super profitable, you know, very small micro farms.
0: So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of time it's like these external things that we put on ourselves. It's like, it's oh, well, it's all these external limiting factors, but really the limiting factor is internal. So a lot of times we do something real quick and be like, oh, no, that didn't work. But you need – I always like try – the first thing that I try to do if I run into something that didn't quite go the way I thought it was, was to turn the finger back at me and be like, what can I change? It is a pivot game, in my opinion. That is what running a business is, is learning, pivoting, changing, tweaking, keep going after. So try not to let like those external things like the easiest thing to do is say, well, I only have an X amount and that limits me. So that's like definitely the easiest thing to do. And in some cases, you know, maybe that is 100% true. But I think the majority of people can be like, I need to get creative about how I'm going to really capitalize on this small amount. Mm -hmm. And that to me, that is trying to get the highest retail price for everything that I'm doing on that farm. So there's lots of different ideas there. Those were all really good ones. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And I also think too, social media plays Mm -hmm. into this, that means more flowers, more flowers, Means more money, and you're, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be bigger or have more space to, to hit a hundred thousand or to have a profit. You know, we're talking top line revenue. You know, and they're as uh, the more you grow, the more expenses that come with growing. There, you yes. know, the more flowers are growing, the more expenses you have. So, you know, there's you're not really seeing the full picture when you're seeing these like massive flower fields. Like mm-hmm. some of it's some of it's waste. And that's where, you know, I see that like I'm seeing some waste in our farm this year in a very different way. We scaled Mm -hmm. back in a few different ways. And I actually feel super excited about next season to just dial that in even more. But I'll be honest, like growing less to me feels weird because we've hit this – we hit the spot. But I'm like, why would it feel – Like, you know, I find myself challenging myself against that where it's like, no, actually what we're doing is just dialing this in a little Mm -hmm. bit more to become more efficient because then there's less waste and we're dialing back the expenses. So that's all what we're talking about here today to kind of you know, to give you the other side of this. So we can't talk about top line revenue without talking about the other side of the equation expenses. We got, if you are new to the podcast or haven't followed us yet on Instagram at Dirt on Flowers, every Sunday we put up in our story, uh, a spill the dirt where you can put a chat box up and it is, we form so many, great conversations with people and get to like, get your questions answered. But I put one up this weekend about expenses and someone, you know, wrote in and said, what does it cost to run a six figure farm? And as much as you don't want to hear the answer Mm -hmm. um, is that the truth is, is it just depends on you. Every farm is different. What it costs me to run my farm, even if Shannon and I were dollar to dollar Mm -hmm. on top line revenue, it would cost different. She's going to operate it different in I know it's like okay well it depends on you just that's a that's not a really a solid answer but I feel like that that's an empowering answer because okay. I feel like it gives you like you're in control of your profitability right yes. on like controlling your expenses so to me I feel like it's an empowering answer that you get to figure out because I mean we also kind of all bring our own personal beliefs and our personal yeah. spending habits and experiences into our business as well that sort of shape that shape what mm-hmm. our business you Absolutely. know profitability and what it kind of turns out to so i feel like mm-hmm. you know the same patterns we carry in our personal finances sometimes and i would say most times in business yeah. carry over into your business as well so yeah
0: when you first start having your business too like a lot of times you're you're exchanging your time for money so mm-hmm. that that goes actually both ways like when we were working full time we oftentimes threw money at at problems Or the vice versa is, is that you spend more of your own time to save money. And Mm -hmm. those are kind of like the, what I would call kind of like the two extremes of it, you know? So, and at the beginning you're, you really are like, it's like time, all your time is going into figuring it out. And it's like our own personal beliefs, like, this is a really good example. Like, you know, some people, like let's say they have a Craigslist high tunnel. We have a Craigslist high tunnel. I I literally hate this tunnel. I wish I could burn it down because it's like <sighs> – it's the worst, okay? But it still works. So we're still – writing it out because Judd really is like why it works like why have we write up i'm like oh i can't stand this thing Does it doesn't crank on the- Does it doesn't bend on the sides and it's just but he's like but it's still working and like so him and i you know that's like again we could have a whole episode about managing a farm with a partner you know mm-hmm. but you know you have to like take all of that into consideration and we both ha- all have our own tolerances for that kind of stuff so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and
1: we, I think I put that in here at some point, or we talk about like how we, we both did it. We both threw money at oh, problems yeah. because, and that's how I honestly, that whole mistake is what led me to getting a handle on my finances mm-hmm. because I was working full time and it was the year that was the third, third season and I hit six figures. And I, at the end of the year, after I did my tax, when I was doing my taxes, I'm like, I made what? You know, mm-hmm. I had no clue where it went. I mean, I did. I was tracking it, but I didn't have the habits and things that we are talking about today in yeah. place to make midseason changes. And honestly, mm-hmm. a lot of it was that I was, you know, just throwing money at problems because I had it, and it was this only solution that I had at the time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I couldn't physically be there to fix whatever the issue was. But it really, it was an eye opener. Um, mm-hmm. And from that point, I feel like it gave me kind of gave me some control. So. How much does it cost to run a six-figure farm? Well, that's up to you. But it is a good – I feel like that's a good thing in Mm -hmm. my opinion. So, I agree. So somebody somebody wrote in too and asked, uh, what should I be tracking? Money in and money out. I'm confused. And the answer is yes to both of those. Mm -hmm. So when you're having a business – so a lot of times maybe some of you listening, you went from a hobby farmer to – now running this as a business? If you're making money and you're selling your flowers, you would be running this as a business versus a hobby. And so the answer is yes, everything that's coming in to you. So every piece of income that comes in and everything that's going out. And so we, we've we talked about this and we go back and talk about these and those episodes we shared with you about profitability and, and tracking and the, uh, the episodes we have with Pretty Penny Accounting with mm-hmm. Ashley Ford we all t- we talk about those things where we're just creating these good money habits, but separating your personal finances from your business finances is the first thing. So mm-hmm. if you are new to us, you've probably if you're not new, you've heard this before, but you probably need to hear it again. Separate your personal finances yes. from your business yes. finances. What did you yes. say that one time that I was like mic drop? Mm-hmm. You said, or you'll person you'll
0: be oh, personally be person- financing your farm for freaking eternity (laughs) yes that's what it was you like really have to put that's like a really tough boundary and i've been there i mean we we were there we were right there with you and it just feels like how am i how is it going to survive though without me it will and Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to it's kind of like even you're just gonna have to deal with the money that's in in the bank account for you to spend and when you keep you're not learning, you're not teaching yourself any money habits by always dipping into your personal stuff. So you, that is, in my opinion, that is the number one thing that you should be doing is really growing. And everyone has an initial, an initial amount of money that's put into getting it going. And that's okay. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about each month you keep putting in your own money and all of it's mixed. You're personally buying your seeds. You're You're paying the bills, you're doing all of that, all of that really flower farm stuff with your personal expenses. So I would really encourage you have to set a date and just be like, I'm no longer doing this as of this date Mm -hmm. and really holding yourself to that. And then you're really, it's going to force you to make the financial decisions of your farm with the actual money that the farm is making. And you're going to start looking at your farm in a very different way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I
1: shared this on that episode or whenever it was, but I remember being at Dollar General and I had the wrong debit card. I didn't have my farm debit card and I needed my Dollar General store, you know, mm-hmm. my, yeah, my free, my Target, my Reno Target. <laughs> oh. And so I'm sorry, Shan. Just, so I I needed something for a workshop and I'm not kidding. I went back to my house, yeah, which is about three quarters of a mile. But I'm yeah. just saying I took the effort to do it because – It it is that important at the end of the year when you're like tracking what's going in, what's coming in, and what's going out. You're not chasing receipts and highlighting things on credit cards. Like yeah, that was for you know all of that. You're not doing so. That would just be to kind of start this as like from an expense standpoint. Mm -hmm. It would really clear things up to have separate finances on there. So yeah, I agree. You want to dig into the categories?
0: Yeah. So different expenses. Yeah. Well, we we kind of broke down expenses into, into some different categories. So first would be like variable expenses. That's, you know, things that change. So fuel, electric, water, your seed costs, fertilizer. Those are the things that, you know, sometimes when you need them, you need them. And when you don't, it's a little less expensive. So like for me, our fuel bill is, is incredibly high when we're running the delivery routes and we're doing... Uh, e- you know, just running the propane heater more. There's like ups and downs to that. So um, those are sometimes a little bit harder to plan for. But once you get a budget, which we'll talk about that later, that'll be something you can build into kind of your forecast as you start to see the patterns with that kind of stuff. And then next would be all your fixed costs. So your rent, if you lease land, more all your mortgage, your internet, equipment, all of that stuff, your high tunnel, like anything that you would finance, like what could be like your tractor payment or whatever that is mm-hmm. would be something that is the same every single month and those are like the easiest peasiest things yeah. in my eyes cuz you know that those are going to be always there supporting your farm and something that you can always plan on it's actually the variable ones that <laughs> that always give me the shock more than anything yeah. you know yeah. especially for not planning for them so and then intermittent is would expenses would be like Repairs on your vehicles, registrations, like things that come up, emergency type stuff where you have to throw money at something in order just to keep the farm clicking. Those do come up, and that sh- you should have some kind of budget item for that kind of miscellaneous crap.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that you, that yeah. you
0: hate paying for, you know. Because um, it always happens every year. Like there's always failed.
1: something, you just don't yes. know what it's going to be. Yeah. But, like there's always. <laughs> So you need like a little slush fund of something that's like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: this shit's going to hit the fan yes. budget line. Yes. And then obviously there's like discretionary stuff that comes with running a business. So non-essential things, meals, traveling. <laughs> Lindsay put in the notes, oh, I'm just seeing this now. It says, do my boots fall into this category? Yes, my
1: my cowboy boots. Okay, they fall into that. Well, I I just I feel like the discretionary category could be where you get because it's the non-essentials. I feel like that's where it can get out of control. Yeah,
0: you know, like how many hard shirts do you need?
1: Hundred percent. It's a uniform, (laughs) y'all. It's a line item. So that's what I wear. I mean, (laughs) yes, that is. I feel like that that Mm -hmm. area though, where you're like the meals. Yeah. When I start looking at, thank you. By the way, my employees now know that you give every Friday. You give <laughs> lunches.
0: Oh, I'm gonna have I to find some more it tends pizza to be a little around more here. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, I know. Yeah, I spoil in different ways. I think you I don't, don't know. See. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, when we're planning our expenses, I think everything pretty much lumps into those categories. My number one, you know, thing that I would tell you is try not to overcomplicate it (laughs) because sometimes I I found myself doing that. Well, Well, is it this or is it this? You know, just like, just try to be clear cut. And if you have a an accounting software. We use QuickBooks. We really need like some type of code or something for QuickBooks users. I know we need to work on that. It's our winter project. Yes, winter project. Um, but if you have QuickBooks, you're going to assign all of the these expenses a category, and that way, when you when you have something like that, the wonderful, most wonderful thing about doing that extra step about putting it into that accounting software is that you can pull a report, and you can be like, wow our fuel expense was crazy this last year compared to the year before. Mm -hmm. And I'll I'll run all kinds of reports. I'll I'll be like, okay, what was seed cost versus, you know, and it's just good to have that awareness. So you will assign each one of those category, which
1: -hmm. will be helpful
0: with your reporting and stuff too.
1: Yeah. And we're going to dig into like kind of how Mm -hmm. we break those categories, these expenses up here down below. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, it's that's how I realized like full service weddings. I wasn't making as much when I was like buying in flowers and I I saw how much I was spending on a wholesaler and I'm like, I grow flowers. Mm -hmm. What am I doing? You know? And I just, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm not doing this. Like I love, I love my relationship with my wholesaler. I have a great relationship with them and um, it's a two-way street. I'm buying from them. They're buying from me. However, I like it when it's Them buying from me, you know, (laughs) Um, and not like, you know, so I Mm -hmm. made some changes, but I wouldn't have been able to see that if I didn't have that, you know, information in front of me in QuickBooks. So, yeah. So, so a listener wrote in to our, um, you know, on Instagram and asked, starting out, uh, what do you skimp on and what is worth splurging on? And I think that's, I think people. That's a good question because there's so much out there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this kind of goes back to like what are your priorities? Like, if I if you're gonna if I had to give like advice on like splurging, I would say a cooler is probably yeah. like the biggest splurge mm-hmm. that you could get in the like first season. Yeah, um, I had mine in my second season. Mm-hmm. That's when I got. Did you have a cooler your first year?
0: Uh, no, second year. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I got it my second year. But really that one that felt thing. like, Ugh. didn't really feel like a splurge. It felt like an investment, yeah. right? It took yeah. like the pressure off and less anxiety about having to harvest and then yeah. you're putting a better product out. But I don't know. I think yeah. my answer to this would be just like patience
0: mm-hmm. would
1: be the answer because yeah. the farm really does evolve. The business evolves. Um, if it were me, I wouldn't be going out buying equipment. That yeah. was just me. If I was like, mm-hmm. start, if this was just my advice, you're asking for my advice, so I'm giving my opinion, is I wouldn't go out year one and be buying a tractor and mm-hmm. splurging on something like that Um, when you can do a ton with just like hand tools and a tiller yeah. and
0: um, rental tools. But as,
1: yeah, rental. That's that's a great, that's a great thing. Because mm-hmm. you rented a tractor, didn't you oh, guys? yeah, we rented a rent? tractor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and your county, like I know, uh, Sean uses uh, our soil and our local soil and water in his county. They can lease a um, no-till drill, so oh. he he rents it, not lease. Mm-hmm. He rents it for a day, but he rents it for like fifty bucks. It's like a. 10 or 15,000. It might even be more than that. Dollar piece of equipment. Like it's yeah. a really nice piece of equipment that they just they drop it off, they mm-hmm. service it, they maintenance it. So there's a lot of ways to get creative that yeah. you don't have to spend a ton of money on. Mm-hmm. And and I I do think that this is where a lot of farms get into trouble because mm-hmm. they spend a ton of money and then they're upside down. You know mm-hmm. they're in the red and they can't figure out how to make money. They're trying to dig themselves yeah. out of it. They have cash flow issues, and mm-hmm. so just being conservative with your, mm-hmm. you know, what you are spending and 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 not. Uh, I don't know.
0: What, do you yeah. have thoughts on that? Do you have? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's so it's so hard to like skimp <laughs> and the splurge. I mean, I am thinking like for us. I don't know. I really think that our first splurge, I mean, it's again, mostly equipment. I I put like splurge in the equipment because it feels like a luxury. The hard thing about equipment is like when you use it, it's amazing. And you're like, wow, that made it so easier, but so much easier. But wasn't that, it was like three times a year. (laughs) You know, like if you think about it, it's like, when are you using that hard? So to me, that's something that can wait a little bit like splurges I think have to come as you become more seasoned in your business and you have to like learn your business before you know what to splurge on you know Mm -hmm. you have to feel those pain points and be like wow what could really make this easier like um, sometimes it's like for for us like one of our splurges was what I would call a splurge, I guess, but really it was an amazing investment. It turned all those all these things turn out to be a great investment long term, like it'll help you save labor and all that too. But was our dahlia digger? At the time, it was hard to spend like three thousand dollars on a one-use tool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you literally use it once and then it sits all winter. So but now I can't even imagine my life without it. But it's like it mm-hmm. took years and years of hand digging the dahlia to A appreciate the splurge and know know what your limit is to when you need it. And sometimes I think people jump in with getting like all of the equipment pieces to make it easy. You know, I'm I'm Mm -hmm. air air quoting the easy piece because really like for me, like taking care of the land is like not the hardest thing all the time. Depends on who you are and what you have available to you. But there's a lot of throwing money at equipment and that's the big bucks. Yeah. That's, it's
1: expensive. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's also a maintenance piece that comes into mm-hmm. that too. So you're not only upfront cost, but there's maintenance costs with it. And yeah. then you've got to, you know, you get a lot of equipment, then you have a building you need to store it in. Yes. You know, Ooh. there's a whole,
0: it's a whole you component, think, you know, yeah. ours. Yeah. Yeah. the mm-hmm. Fuel.
1: We had, I had a little Ford Ranger, like a 97 Ford mm-hmm. Ranger that I actually just had when I had my landscaping company. And We used it on the farm just to like tear out stuff and haul up on there. Mm -hmm. And um I ended up selling it to Brad S to my dad and um made a profit on that. (laughs) He won't listen, he's not gonna listen to this podcast, so he's not gonna know this. But I made a thousand (laughs) bucks (laughs) off. Drove that sucker for like seven years and sold it to him. Um, but I took that money and then got a gator Mm -hmm. and bought a gator with it. And it was like that to me was like a very. It was still an investment in the farm, but that yeah. was like a piece of equipment that I felt like.
0: How did we do it before? Oh we got a dump yes. bed on it, and, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, when we say splurge. We're not. We're not like going to the Riviera Maya, or whatever. Yeah, you know, we're not like on a coastal vacation for three months. Okay, that's not the kind of splurge we're talking. <laughs> No. It's more just exactly. like the splurge, you know, that that gives you your time and energy back is the what equipment is, but it is hard. It's hard in the beginning and it's hard to know exactly what you're gonna need because you're still like in the trenches figuring it out. You wanna know what you like, like maybe you'll switch mm-hmm. to no till because that's something you feel passionate about. Well, then you don't need all mm-hmm. this big equipment. But so yeah, yeah, it's it's good to work in your farm before those big expenses come.
1: Yeah. Patience. Yeah. That was yes. that would be the sum it up. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. So when we're talking about how we manage our day-to-day expenses, just on our farms each day, each month, each year, um, what we do is we create a budget. So I know, just I felt so many eye rolls because it's like, ugh, it feels like. <laughs> I've been there. I have 100% been there. But it's so, again, you're just creating these really easy things to do. If you have QuickBooks or a like program like that, this will be a very easy thing to do because you're going to have all the numbers to create your budget. And then you're just creating these little boundaries for yourself. And it's not that you can't go out of budget. You can, but it will be a decision that you make to go outside of the budget. Or over budget on something, and it's not just like, oh, oh my gosh, wow, I can't believe I spent that much. You know, you're just going to have the awareness, which is so nice. So, if you're listening and just feeling a little bit overwhelmed and don't know where to start, I 100% understand. Um, but the best thing that you can do at this point is start projecting your expenses for the year or if you want to break it into seasons or quarters, you can do it different ways. Um, but we just create a lot of weekly and monthly habits to keep your head completely out of the sand so that you can see what is actually you are actually spending your money on. And compare it mm-hmm. and start looking and just knowing your farm. You need to feel that for your farm in and out. So you're going to feel a lot less anxiety and you're going to feel so much more in control of your business. And we talk a lot about that in, in episode 39, Prioritizing Profit with These Habits is the name of the episode. So we talk about a lot of our habits weekly and monthly that we look at in order to keep ourselves on track financially. So we'll put mm-hmm. the, a link in the show notes for that too. Yeah. like. I think – the
1: budget piece, it sounds so – like it does sound overwhelming and it's like, oh, how do I stick to it? I don't even – you know. Yeah. I, yeah. It just – this applies to every single person that's listening. So even if you're new and you don't have an accounting software or you're just using Excel spreadsheet or you have none of that – um it, that's fine all of these habits yeah. like you can get there you just have to start it and mm-hmm. um and just be really committed to it. and we actually talk about it in episode 39 just like how we stick to these commitments and how we've made them part of our routine um and i truly think of all of the things like you and i do similar like we do this one mm-hmm. almost identical of the way that we track it and i think it's been Part of I would say it's like been one of my biggest part of my success of the farm as far as being profitable and Mm -hmm. making money, Um, because it does like it creates so much less anxiety and it gives you it you get control back of your business by doing it that
0: way. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and more just like puts you in in control it's like you have to be an entrepreneur. We talk about this all the time about how it is a business and you need to run it that way. The growing part is amazing and great and it's a total learning experience getting good at that. And that's a really important piece. But if you listen to us at all, it's like our concern for you and what we want for you is that you put your business hat on too as much Mm -hmm. as the growing hat. And I think you will really see your business, you know, just take off when when you start paying attention to these things. So, some weekly examples of reports that we look at that are just specific to expenses would be like your profit and loss. So that's like what came in versus what expenses, and it will show you what your net is for that week, that quarter, that month. For me, I just have a basic spreadsheet where I'll put week thirty-two P and L. You know, I just keep it because I just like glancing at it because. I'm like nosy. Like I like to know exactly that week. What was I doing last year? Mm -hmm. So it's just I have this kind of ongoing spreadsheet that I keep some of that data just all in one spreadsheet so I can just peek at it real quick. So And another one would be when you get your budget, you can look at a budget to actual. So it's like, okay, I've budgeted $500 a month in fuel, but this month I actually spent $300 in fuel. And those will give you all of the information that you need to start making it's tweaking your budget as you go, like okay, you know, it, it didn't cost that much. Generally, at the average for the month is actually two hundred and fifty dollars a month, so I can adjust that on my budget next year. You're just gathering information so that you can start seeing where your money is going, which is incredibly important. And then cash flow, there is a lot of different ways to track cash flow, but I think honestly, and Lindsay put this note in there, and I and I completely agree. It's just looking at your at your bank bank statements, last year to current. It's like, how much cash did I have on hand? I know QuickBooks does have a function, a cash flow function, but I think it would be easier to understand and digest when you are looking at your bank stuff because you can see where you had cash what times. So cash flow is tough though. I mean, I and having a seasonal business, like it is important that we try to master it and start to learn where the ebbs and flow in our cash yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think looking at these things on a weekly basis too. it just gives you an opportunity to shift, make changes like mm-hmm. in the season. We're not like uh, m- myself, I'll speak for myself when I'm looking at this stuff weekly, and I'm looking at the budget, I'm looking at cash flow. It's just like I just need a pulse on it, mm-hmm. you know, like where I know what's coming up at the end of the month. I have payroll two times a month. Yeah. Um, you know, it just gives you a sense of like okay, we're we're okay and mm-hmm. you know, nothing's making out decisions.
0: of whack. Yeah, mm-hmm. nothing's
1: out of whack too much yeah.
0: so. Okay, so somebody had asked, hey, how do you keep track of upcoming seed and plant orders that don't charge until they ship? Um, so for me, I have a savings account that I use as like a as a conduit for money in and out. So for me, it's like, okay, I generally know like my tool bill, I'm just using an easy number is ten thousand dollars. So mm-hmm. starting January one, I put $1,000 a month into that savings account. That way, when I get to November and October, when my tulips ship, I already have that money there. So that's part of the budget. It's like you or and just knowing your costs. You know, it's like when you place orders, you have to know what they cost and then you have to plan for that cost. Yep. And one of the hardest things we do, I it took me a long time to get used to this, but is a lot of times we're paying for things before we've earned any money on them. Mm-hmm. And that could be tough. You know, that's where yeah. like looking at a cash flow comes in too, which is really nice. So for me, it's just moving money into a savings account and breaking down like t- my big crops like tulips, Lizzie, like those big things that are like a huge cash input yep. when they ship. Um, is that – do you do something similar, Or Yeah. Yep.
1: Exact same way. And mm-hmm. I,
0: that's how I budget for –
1: Um, payroll for like winter time when I'm like looking at my cash flow. I have everything. I'll look at a cash flow spreadsheet and kind of know like this is what generally comes in this month. Um, And then I may move like more money into that savings account during higher months. Um, You know, I just have it spread out that way. So like I know ranunculus and anemone are like one that's just going to that's going to be a big bill. It's going to hit tulips. They all hit at the same time. Yes. We do a no-till method for our tulips, and so we purchase compost. Um, so that's mm-hmm. like a whole piece that gets you know I, that we're budgeting for. But yeah, I do it the same mm-hmm. same way. Yeah, we. Uh, I think the monthly apple. So those like weekly examples, the mm-hmm. monthly examples that we do for like expenses would be I look at payroll reports mm-hmm. every month, and I again. QuickBooks, yeah. I can go back and I am working on my budget. Those I budget those hours out for every sort of every month. I know what about it's going to be based off of last year's reporting because we have mm-hmm. that those like records already are in there. So that's how I use that. But I look at payroll. We had a listener in the on Sunday wrote us in and asked that they're hiring their first W two employee. So how do they plan for cost, wages, taxes, insurance, etc. Like they're just looking to kind of create a budget and create a plan. And I remember being there and like asking my accountant, like, "How do I figure this out? You know, how do I, how do I know what it's going to cost me?" A good rule of thumb is thirty percent. Um, you know, I've you I've read like one point two five to one point four times their salary. So an mm-hmm. example would be like if they made thirty five thousand a year salary with you, then you know you're looking at a range of like forty three to forty nine thousand. You know, to budget for that. So you could just Use a general 30% and that's Mm going to cover like FICA tax and then, you know, FICA is where you're matching their taxes and the Medicare and then you're going to have like – I think it's like 7.6%, 6.5% or something for Mm -hmm. FICA and then unemployment, workers comp,
0: like all those things. But that percentage in there helps you to kind of know that. So, a lot of some people do it different. Like, some people um, have like a payroll bank account. I just bring it out of my operating expense. What do you Mm -hmm. do? Yeah.
1: I do it out of my operating expense. I'm actually changing it next year. Are you?
0: I thought about it. Yeah. Because I, yeah.
1: I am changing it because I want to, I want to, but like, I put that other money just into a pot. I am going to change it and have just a payroll expense account. That way, when I have to turn around and pay those taxes out, it sort of becomes that savings account. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna I am gonna change it next year, mm-hmm. even though yeah, it's like a weird habit. But I do yeah. pay it out of my
0: operating now. Me too. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be nice though if you were budgeting. You know, you know, you you could if somebody works forty hours a week and you're paying them eighteen seventy five, you move that money into your account, and then their payroll is going to come out. But you're going to have extra in there to pay workers comp and those things that pop up. Um, yep. That would be like a really easy, like kind of profit first way of budgeting that payroll, which could be good. So Yeah.
1: And QuickBooks actually will show you that, whole, that payment. So mm-hmm. it'll show you like net what went to them and gross total. Mm-hmm. And the difference between the two is actually what you're going to be paying out. So it shows you that. But yeah, that's if you're just – my recommendation is if you're hiring your first W-2 employee to sort of estimate how many hours – like what you're going to pay them per hour, mm-hmm. how many hours a week you're going to have them. And then you would just kind of estimate that out from there and sort of budget. And then – you know, that's that's how I do it. When I know I'm looking to hire like a new employee on, it's like if I know how much is this additional going to cost or if you're giving an employee a raise to see like total percentage, what's that going to shift? I play with all of those numbers in there too just to yeah. see what it looks like. But I do that monthly mm-hmm. looking at those. And then I do – I dig in once a month and look at my budget to actual – we're talking expenses, not just top mm-hmm. – not top line, just specific to expenses – Where if there's something that is significantly higher, that's when I will go in and sort of like investigate it and dig in. You know, I I nothing really like huge always sneaks up, but sometimes I'm like, okay, you're looking at something on a weekly basis, and then it's like, well, that was a little bit higher, and then at the end of the month, it sort of has compounded to be a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that budget to actual review is like I really like doing that, or I catch something that got um, filed in the wrong category, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's an expense or something that got categorized wrong or incorrectly. So yeah, this is kind of how I do that That's on those.
0: Good. Okay. So do you want to go over cogs, Lindsay? I know you're like super Yeah, good sure. At that. Okay. Let's do that.
1: Oh, no, I don't know super good. I don't know about that. <laughs> so – the next piece of this, so we're talking to you about our habits. The next is like how do we categorize those expenses? So we talked about it in the beginning up at the top, like these variable expenses, so fuel, electric, water, rent. So like how? Do, where does that all fit in our chart of accounts? And you alluded to it, Shan, but it's like just don't overcomplicate it, right? Try not to right? have
0: a gazillion Here, different Don't. Accounts. Okay.
1: We <laughs> – we're going to share on the ins- – at least part of the insiders. We're actually going to give our chart of accounts and and share like a sample like budget and we're going to mm-hmm. put it – so it's not even going to be in QuickBooks. You'll get to see it, but it could be on an Excel spreadsheet. The best advice I ever got was with accounting is that somebody told me just like, your accountant doesn't really care about your QuickBooks. and I I was so confused by that because I thought that it was like, for them but it's really for you as the business yeah. owner. It's a management tool for you to see like where are you making money and where are you not. And it's just this like very glaringly obvious thing once you get it sort of set up. But I really wanted to overcomplicate this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but it's easy to. So it's really it's easy. easy. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. easy to overcomplicate mm-hmm. it. But basically COGS so cost of goods sold it's the direct cost of producing the goods sold by the company. So whatever direct cost that goes into producing your X, which is like bouquets or your workshop, so all of the costs associated or expenses associated with that that cost me to produce it, it goes into my Cogs account. So that would be things like seeds would fall under Cogs, plugs packaging tubers, you know, things that are and in within that, right? All of the there's all of those four types of categories that we talked about. So variable, yes. fixed, intermittent, discretionary, all of that can fall within those, but that's just an example of of cogs. And then you would move to general expenses. And do you want to run through some of yours? Yeah. Do you want to yeah. explain this? So, mm-hmm you'd have cogs and then what we call general expenses, which is, was also on your chart of accounts.
0: Yeah. So advertising and marketing is a big one. Like for me on our farm, now it's, it's important that it makes sense to you. Like for me, like some people will include their, like their a like their sleeves, bouquet sleeves into advertising and marketing because it, it essentially is a marketing function because it has your sticker and it's a way to market your farm. I don't include it that way. I do that's for me. That's like bouquet supplies. What do you do? ones you?
1: I use bouquet supplies, yeah. advertising yeah. and marketing for me is like Mailchimp, market my feed. website.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: if I'm doing uh, brochures for the U Pick, yeah, anything like that. Yeah,
0: promotional type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Continuing education is a big one. Anything that I'm doing like professional development wise learning, if I'm paying for consulting on something, all of that for me goes into continue continuing ed. I think we we like call it professional development or something, but it just again, mm-hmm. it just has to make sense to you to group that stuff together. So um, payroll is a huge one. That's one of the biggest expenses we manage on a farm. So you have your payroll co- or cost, insurance, legal and professional fees bouquet supplies. For me, that's like rubber bands, sleeves. But like my stickers for my sleeves, I put under advertising and marketing. So Mm -hmm. rent, you know, obviously if you have a delivery van or vehicle, be the fuel repair, the cost for that van, any kinds of fees. Now with credit card fees, I really do try to watch that too. Like what kind of either bank Mm -hmm. fees or what credit card fees am I paying out? And then meals and entertainment, you know, would be like you know, going out to lunch to talk about dirt on flowers or something. So yeah, that's that kind of stuff. Or lunch for the crew or um mm-hmm. cr- your Christmas party or whatever, yeah. you know. So that would be like your meals and entertainment kind of piece. Yeah.
1: yeah. And there's like catch-all category too. I have yeah. one that's like job supplies and materials. That's like single one-use things. Without getting like overcomplicating it, there's like ass- is something an asset, right? Like mm-hmm. a tractor would be an asset or yeah. – Something that isn't just like single use that you could like turn around and sell as an asset to the farm. Like there's lots of different, you know. But we're just trying to like simplify this into categories. So that's just a sampling of like Mm -hmm. general general categories. And Mm -hmm. I have so for my van, I actually have like a van expense account, and then in that I have sub accounts that like breaks down fuel, repair, Mm -hmm. insurance. Like so, I you can get you can really dial it down. But again, it's like accounting is. Simply just for you, and it as long as you're consistent from year to year, that's the biggest piece. So it's like if you're putting your stickers in advertising, you just need to continue to put your stickers in advertising. Yeah, to have those numbers make sense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. A couple years ago, two years ago, I think I changed my income accounts, and so I needed to tell my accountant that just because things are going to be categorized different, right? So like Mm -hmm. in previous years, she had been looking at like a particular income stream one way, I was going to be switching it up. And I changed it because for some of my long-term goals, I want to look and see like, are we making money, more money on the farm? or Are we making more money, you know, at Mm pop-ups and leave? I have a gut sense about what the answer to that question is, but I needed to actually see it and see it in the numbers and track it for a few years. So that's when I went in and kind of made some changes to how I was looking at, at my finances. So but we are going to be adding that budget and that chart of accounts up there. So you guys get to see a full picture of it Mm when we have it there. So
0: yeah. I like a note on the job supplies. We have one like that too. So like for, this is a good example. Like let's say you bought lumber to frame out a cooler. Like instead of making a lumber (laughs) category, you just put that in job supplies. Like I got into that because I was like doing like apparel. Actually, I think I do have an apparel and account. I think I do. Um, But I was doing like individual accounts for like too many different things. Like I would have email marketing and then I would have, uh, you know, some market fees. I would have all this stuff and really that just needs to go into like the advertising and marketing piece. And Mm -hmm. so you can always pull a report. and be like, what have I, what are the expenses within this category so that you can see what they actually are. But that's, it's just like to help your brain not overcomplicate it because if everything has its own category, like you might as well not even categorize it. So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Too much, too much effort. And I, so again, you don't have to have QuickBooks to do this. Does it make your life easier? Yes, it Mm -hmm. does. An accounting software makes your life easier. But I did this on a spreadsheet before I got QuickBooks. So the first (laughs) year that I got QuickBooks, I put it in and I was just it was like way over my head. I was really frustrated. Yeah. I actually scrapped it. It was, I mean, it was a dumpster fire. And so I was, I was like sort of tracking it in QuickBooks. I ended up scrapping the whole thing, completely started over But I was tracking the same thing with highlighters. I just color coded. Like this was this, I would write down the expense. I would put it in there. And I would, I actually I was doing it on paper. The very first year, that's why I had highlighters. I was going to say it didn't make sense to have it in Excel, and then the second year I did it with color blocking on an Excel spreadsheet. So I knew that this was like Mm -hmm. went under this color was for payroll, this color was for you know job supplies. I didn't have a van at the time, but like that categorized it made it easier at the end of the year for me to kind of pull this stuff, stuff out and show it to my account. Yeah. So don't be overwhelmed with, you know, not having a, an accounting software to do it. You can definitely do this just on a spreadsheet if you're just starting out. Um, but the important part is just actually have creating a budget and and getting these habits in place. Is the consistent? So, you know, creating the habit, being consistent is key to just managing expenses because it gives you so much power in your business mm-hmm. and gives you, you know,
0: yeah, like a leg up on everybody else. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. It does. And the truth of the matter is, is that you really, you personally and your business, honestly, we just can't afford to not make it a priority. No more running around with our heads in the sand. We are too good for that. (laughs) And believe me, we know because we've done that. Yes. (laughs) And we're now on the other side and we're sane and alive and still doing this. So, And we weren't accountants. You weren't an accountant, were you? No. I did like project managing at an accounting firm. Yeah, I was the coolest see? person there, so I was not the accountant of the group. <laughs> <laughs> right. like, sorry to other accountants out there. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's probably an accountant sitting group. there just want to critique. It's like accountant by day, flower farmer by night. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah but that. like, like <laughs> that was not us. So no. you can 100 percent do yes. this.
0: Yeah, okay. you can. You can. Okay.
1: Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Don't don't tune me out because I have things to say. It's like <laughs> we did pick our winner, by the way. I, we have a winner. Yeah, Yeah, for our – Thank you so much for sending those Gosh, sweetest. reviews in. You guys sent like the sweetest reviews in your email. So I re- really appreciate you guys doing that for us. And we've got a new – Insider joining us, she's super okay. excited. So yeah, she's very grateful. Yes. But we really hope that you found value in today's episode. So we encourage you that uh, you know to dig in, to look at your finances deeper. If you need some encouragement, just go back and listen to episode 39, talk about prioritizing those habits, and you 100% can do this. I I promise you, I promise you, if I can do this, you can too. So if you love today's episode, it would mean so much to us if you would share it with a friend, flower farming friend, just any old friend. Mm -hmm. I've had, I had went up to the farm service agency to look at my nap crop insurance and the my friend Marilyn up there said she listened oh. to the podcast. I was like, what? <laughs> what? Oh <my> God. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh God, I don't oh, want say anything. You know, what do oh, I say? Yeah. But it's like people are listening to this local. So <laughs> share it with anybody. I, My mom's listening. Hi, mom. Yes. Thank you guys so much. We just, we really, really appreciate this. If you have not hooked up with us over on the gram at Instagram, check us out at Dirt on Flowers. And as always, we thank you so much for supporting us and we will see you the same time, same place next week.